0: This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind the scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. We also have the TSO's director of marketing, Vanessa Gardner, and we have a very special guest here with us today. I'm going to play a little fanfare for you. <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh! Please welcome Nick Kendall, who is a, wow. a crackerjack violinist, also a <laughs> member of the ensemble Time for Three, wonderful trio. Welcome, Nick.
1: Man, I'm blinded by the stage lights. I mean, that was an amazing entrance. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Excellent. It's great to be here.
0: We're, we're going to play that for you as well when you when you go on the stage with the. When Talita I go Symphony. on the stage, <laughs> You're at yeah. That's song. awesome. Totally. <laughs> time for great. three. Time for three. If people don't know, is like one of these. I, I mean, how do you? How would you describe time for three? You used to call yourselves like a, a classically trained garage band, but I know you kind of shy away from that. You know, as the group has developed, but you still explore that intersection sort of between popular music and classical music. Nick, how would you describe Time for Three? Like the if you're gonna give me the the, the tagline for Time for Three, what is it?
1: Um, well, Brad, I, I feel like a little awkward here because we're doing early Palestrina readings <laughs> I'm not I I think you have the wrong group, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's hard to. I mean, <laughs> ah, all of the sounds. This is going to be fun. I'm going to need to change, change the radio ad. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody exactly, touches the soundboard
0: except for me. All right, here, let me help you out, Nick. <laughs> Yes. No, I just couldn't.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> but you know what we do? Let, let's do it this yeah. way. We usually uh, have people, special guests, like tell their story, right? First, uh-huh. all, I want to mention you guys are, are coming Saturday at 8 p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. It's a one concert only, a special event. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. We're going to talk about all of that. But before we get into it, let's do Nick's story. Okay, mm-hmm. let me pull mm-hmm. up a little music for you. Um, oh, wow! Well, this fits do you have right Palestrina, yeah,
2: Palestrina for sure. I
0: have mm-hmm. the next best thing.
2: Oh, oh God!
0: Whoa! Come on, Brad. <laughs> okay. You can do better. <laughs> you than can that. do. You
2: can definitely do better. So than
0: that. no, no. Okay, Nick. <laughs> let let's let's go back to when you were three years old. Actually, I can do better than that because we're going to pretend like it's Christmas. You're three years old.
1: Oh.
0: And we'll bring in a little music here. This is, Oh, this has, is nice.
1: Yeah. All right, light on and, the feet. I like this. This is good. This you're going to
0: tell us about, you know, what made you pick up the violin? Let's hear Nick's story.
1: Oh, man. man. This is good energy. I love this. Well, I mean, man, I just like that music, which evokes playfulness and just fun and games. I mean, honestly, I took the violin because of my grandfather. He's a, He was a very famous violin teacher um, in the world. But the thing about him that I remember really strongly in my mind as a memory is him when he taught all these kids, how he made them laugh. And it looked like these group of kids were having so much fun playing the violin, the activity of playing the violin. And I wanted to do that. But you know, at the age of three, I couldn't quite hold one properly. I'd probably sit on it, break on it, uh, break it. So they gave me, they made a violin out of, my parents made a violin out of like a cereal box and put, my dad was very crafty. So he put like a little wood block at the end of it for the scroll. And Wow. Um, my mom is from Japan. So we had a lot of chopsticks that could be broken. And I just, you know, I just air played and it was the most incredible time of my life until I realized a few years later, that if you want to get good, you have to work, and I hated practicing. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. That
0: explains why I've never gotten good at anything. But, but please continue. <laughs> no, you're good.
1: If you your want to choice see Nick of Airplay. music <laughs> is great. Yeah. Make yeah, exactly. sure get
3: your tickets.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You still have that that fake cardboard box violin?
1: Well, I wish I did because you know it was a it was an old style Huitina box. I don't know if people know what Huitina is. It's kind yeah, of sure. like. Yeah, I mean, that's the good stuff, right? And um, and it was like a, one of those, I don't know, it was bright orange with blue <laughs> letters that said Huitina on it. I, I'm sure there's a picture somewhere online. Yeah. did make those?
3: <laughs> I was
0: born in the 60s, so I remember all of this very clearly. <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, That should be a trivia for your audience. Who can pull up some pictures Indeed. of their Huitina boxes? We're going to recreate
0: <laughs> that picture. Wheatina violin and put it in the Time for Three Museum. What do you think?
1: That's great. And if they bring their Wheatina box to the show, I'll play a special Wheatina theme song. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But let me ask you,
0: you know, your grandpa was John Kendall, whom you mentioned, you know, was really famous as a teacher. He also pioneered kind of the Suzuki method here in the States. I mean, did you feel the pressure to become a violinist, to sort of follow in his footsteps? How did that work?
1: No, I mean, I think I've, I'm truly, truly blessed that I had incredible family and my parents. Uh, my sister and I, my sister is a professional cellist. She's the associate principal cellist of the Philadelphia Orchestra. But she and I both learned through music um, because it was a healthy thing to have as an activity as a young person. Um, and the Suzuki Method, at the core, the philosophy of it is so beautiful. And it really isn't about training professional musicians. That's not what the Suzuki Method was yeah. meant to be um, so me ma- it's really a way to to uh, nurture beautiful humans and beautiful young people through the activity of music learning and it, it was a routine that my sister and I had every single day and um, and it was a way to just especially for me I was one of these kids I don't know if you can tell but I was one of these kids that really had a lot of energy and as I said was really <laughs> I was it was hard for me to focus on stuff so this was a yeah. great way for me to kind of build those foundational tools for, for who I am as a person.
0: Are, are you teaching in addition to everything else you do? I mean, are you sort of carrying that torch as it were?
1: You know, I I definitely, as a creative person, um, it comes really naturally to, to be able to, uh, like my desire to give back to the next generation for the same reasons. Because I feel like music and creativity and working hard true creativity can really shape a young person. And so I do as much as possible. I don't have time for students because I just move around too not much. Not even 3 students? <laughs> well, not even not even that. No, unfortunately. <laughs> but I have created um I have created these these shows with sym- symphony orchestras where I'm I'm kind of like this goofball on stage and I'm and yeah, I've been doing that a little bit. Uh, before the pandemic, I had a real big plan. And then, of course, things got messed up. Yeah. But, but education is, is definitely at the core of what I feel like I am meant to do on earth, for sure. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> good applause for that, definitely.
0: Now, Thank I got to ask you, um, I read this, that you're, you have sort of a, a, a nickname, People call you Diamonds or is it Diamond oh my Z? God. There's a Z at the end of yeah. that. I mean you Where sound are like, you getting this? I saw somebody call you Nikki Diamonds and I thought, man, yeah. he sounds like he belongs on the Sopranos, you know. <laughs> it's like
1: Well, okay. So the other name was Nikki Five Tones. And <laughs> um and then the, the third name was Little Nikki. And the, uh-huh. this all comes from my days in Philadelphia when I was at the Curtis Institute of Music, I lived in um, you know, right there in Center City, and he actually was after I graduated Curtis. One of my the the guy who um, my age who worked at the bar at D'Angelo's restaurant right there at the corner of uh, between <laughs> Spruce and Locust on Twentieth Street is Giuseppe. Um, he he we were friends, but he didn't quite know. He didn't have any idea about classical music, but he knew I played violin, and he knew about this fancy school called Curtis, two blocks away, and. Uh-oh. So he was like, "Yo, Nick," and and we had a shared love of old school hip hop, like Beastie Boys and like Tribe Called Quest, and um, which I was a huge fan. Of. And we both actually had the same cassette tapes. I'm I'm old enough to say I had cassette tapes, and and so he was like, "Yo, you you know you're you're so cool as you're not really like a classical guy that I have in my head. You're like young and hip, so I'm gonna call you Nicky Diamonds." And then the other <laughs> bartender. Was like you play violin, so you have five fingers, and, and so I'm gonna call you Nikki Five Tones because you know you have five fingers, and they're you know, each finger plays right, not knowing that it's only four fingers that play on the fingerboard. But. <laughs> you're at that point, you're like, yes, sir. And then don't ask questions. <laughs> and that's
0: fantastic. Here's your like, okay, so we announce it. It's time for two, and and Nikki Five Fingers Diamonds, right? There you we go. Do a little. and then we we bring you on but now I want let's switch gears a little bit I'm going to bring back this this lovely music because I want to hear about (laughs) Time for Three
1: your involvement with Time for Three I mean this started at Curtis right? It did, but why are you playing Pachelbel's Canon when you're introducing time for three? <laughs> well, it's the only thing I got. Hang on, <laughs> hang
0: on. I can actually play you guys. I don't know if I have permission to play this or not. Oh, well,
1: you can play that. Yeah,
0: this is one of your songs.
1: Oh, nice. Right? This is yeah. This is one of our latest tunes. Um, well, yeah, we started. We started at Curtis. I mean, we were we were at at this time when um, a lot of us, especially in this country, but obviously all around the world. You know, when you're a young person and you're going to a a public school, in my case it was a private school, but you have friends listening to a bunch of other styles of music, other genres, and you come from this super focused, kind of like a genre that you don't really understand as a young person because, you know, you just are into, you know, the hip and cool stuff. Um, We were, all three of us have this similar story where we were practicing many, many hours this quote-unquote classical genre, right? But that all of our friends were listening to Nirvana and like I said, like I grew up outside of D.C. and it was a really rich hip-hop community. And there was also a wonderful bluegrass station on WAMU 88.5 here in D.C. Um, And I was listening to all of that and so in order to fit in with our friends we would do You know, I had rock bands, um, Charles Yang, who's in the band now, he was in a blues band in high school. Renan actually got introduced and fell in love with music through the language of jazz. Um, So it was a real means to connect. And, And quite honestly, Brad, I mean, you know, Vanessa and Merwin know this, but in the last 20 years, especially with the internet, but in the last 20 years, there's this huge wave of creative artists who are weaving in their with with the great masterworks are weaving in the things that they want to play. It yeah. isn't it's going away from this genre being it's supposed to be something to more about the creative the creativity celebrating the rich history, the rich heritage that this music comes from but also celebrating the moment and those two paired together and that's really cool.
0: That's wonderful, yeah. I, I want to hear just the end of this song, because it's such a beautiful song that I believe Charles is the lead singer on this, but you're also singing, right?
1: Backup vocals. You don't want me any more forward in the mix than that. <laughs> That's
0: nice. You've got a number of these songs on, on your website, and this one is on a video, I believe. Correct. Uh, of you doing an acoustic version. It's called Over, right? yes. What, what precipitated this song? Somebody have a breakup well, or something?
1: <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, we've all been there and done that um, <laughs> in the band Hardcore. Many tears and heartaches. Um, but that was actually... We co-wrote that with a producer for that project, um, Liz Rose, who's okay. one of the... Our, she's like our big sister in Nashville. She's She was famous for being part of Taylor Swift's first two albums actually co-writing Taylor Swift's first two albums. Wow. And um we were we we spent a lot of time uh before times before it, before the pandemic in Nashville learning about that. Um learning learning about songwriting and and we oftentimes would just kind of get in, to, you know, sit in her living room and we'd share stories and we'd all have our instruments. We had pianos. We had a piano there. We had guitars. We had like little percussion elements, whatever. And it, it was such an amazing fluid, creative process. I mean, of course, time for three has a lot of experience in both playing, you know, music that was written for us, but also we are writing our own music. And in this case, it was so incredible to be with Liz who, just kind of coaxes out the words from stories that we're imagining, or a moment that may be fleeting that we sort of grab that moment, and then boom, a song happens in the next hour, and yeah. it's it was an incredible process to be part of. Wow, and that's, that's what great. that's what that song came out of. Yeah, yeah. very nice. <laughs>
0: well, I want to I want to switch gears here very quickly because um, we do have a quiz. And I'm going to throw out the first couple of questions here. And The way that we usually do this is people write down their choice and at the end we go back. But I think for the purposes of this, because there's three different clues, I'm going to go ahead and if you guys got an answer, just shout it out, okay? (laughs) What's the topic of this quiz? Oh, the the topic of the quiz is famous trios in history, all Uh right? Oh, yeah. So it's trio trivia. Here we go. Clue number one, this rambunctious trio was marked for death by one of history's most notorious figures. Three Stooges? The Three Stooges. The fly Three bites.
1: Stooges, very good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Vanessa.
0: Vanessa. Excellent. Yeah, Adolf Hitler thought that they were, you know, they made fun of him, so he marked them for wow. death. Wow. Now, can I tell you the other clues? There there's a museum cuz I worked Brad on works this. Really I, hard. Stole his I spent hours and hours, well, okay, maybe 10 15 minutes, but I did spend time on this this thing. So, the other clues were there's a museum in Pennsylvania named after them. There's the StuGm, right? Have you ever heard oh, of the StuGm? No,
1: that's beautiful.
0: It's great. They have a game room. They have a Hall of Shemp, first of all. Hi. Where's they, your
1: hit? Where's your <laughs> <laughs> and and they have a
0: game room that includes a game called Whack a moe which <laughs> I think Aww, is fantastic. That's wonderful. Right. All right. So let's move on to the next question. Okay, Th- this trio lived during the early 17th century. Any clues? I mean, any answers? <laughs> no. Uh, How about more clues? Yeah, more, more clues, clues? <laughs> please. <laughs> they, they were not invented until 1844. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Merlin, come on.
3: Wow, this is a lot of pressure.
0: Final clue. They were famous swashbucklers. Oh, the Three Musketeers. The Three Musketeers. Three musketeers. That, that goes.
1: Sure. That's See, Merlin, show. I knew you'd get Merlin. it. It was a chocolate bar. Yeah, I was waiting for the chocolate <laughs> bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The chocolate bar. Okay, man. You I don't guys think are that's good. on my list. Okay, here we go. Let me give you one more. All three members of this trio were born on the Isle of Man. Okay. Oh my God. They got their names, or their name of the trio, came from their initials of each member of the group. They all had the same initials.
1: Early on, what, there. Wh- yeah. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go. Keep going. All right. I need more. <laughs> Early on, their producer would
0: leave their name off of their record jacket in hopes that radio stations would think they were the Beatles. But they weren't the Beatles. They were the... Mm. They're staying alive.
1: Oh, God, Charles would nail this. They have
0: Saturday Night Fever.
2: Bee-gees?
1: No. Yeah,
0: actually, Vanessa, that is the Bee-gees. I'll give it to you. (laughs) The Bee-gees, really? It's the Bee-gees. Yeah, totally the Bee-gees.
1: Wow, hey, I'm just a, failing. Thanks for having me meeting. on, though, guys. <laughs> this is my favorite po- podcast okay. episode ever. <laughs> I know your phone is cutting out, Nick, right? <laughs> that's, no, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I actually had to use the bathroom for a second.
0: I, <laughs> oh, look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: that's you know, that's actually our, our music director, Alain
0: Trudeau, who gave us our very own sad trombone. <laughs> um, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. Right. Okay, we'll we'll come back to the quiz a little bit later, but we got through three questions. Vanessa like is know, in the yes, lead. thank you. I know so far, leads. yeah, Nick, you are. <laughs> you still have a chance, Nick. We'll have more of the quiz a little bit later, but okay. um, <laughs> let's give Vanessa and 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 Merwin a chance to to chime Please. in here. <laughs> um, I mean, have you guys worked with Time for Three before? You have, obviously, I Vanessa. Have. You did. Yes. Yeah. What was that experience?
2: Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. Yeah. Um Time for Three came to uh East Texas in twenty eighteen and I think you guys were there in twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah. Um it was twice, and, yeah. and it was
2: such a great show we we needed to have them back. And um I think uh twenty eighteen was the first time we got to work with them when Charles was part of the group. Yep. Um so Charles, you know, he brings vocals. Um maybe you guys did vocals before, but I think Charles has taken that to the next level and Um, I fell in love with their song Joy which I'm very excited will be on the program in fact Mm -hmm. if it isn't if it wasn't going to be on the program then we were going to have to have a serious chat about that but (laughs) so yeah I just it's they're just so much fun and, and everybody has a great time and um, not only that, but they're super virtuosic players. So you're going to see some pretty intense skills Absolutely. Well,
0: well, Nick, you dodged a bullet by putting that piece on the program that <laughs> Vanessa was talking about. Yeah, no about. kidding.
3: It's actually an episode of our podcast of Serious <laughs> Chats with Vanessa. It's a
0: very, it's a <laughs> well, scary episode. that's a great episode.
3: idea. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> i got to bring back
0: That's the, amazing. Uh, that and is and your,
2: Vertigo, too. Uh, that's yeah. an original.
0: Uh, well, sure you know, exactly. we call you Nicky Diamonds or Nikki Five Fingers, but... <laughs> I uh, I uh, love this Vanessa has a nickname also you want to tell us your nickname <laughs> yeah. Vanessa
2: yeah my nickname is Doug <laughs>
1: <laughs> your nickname is Doug that's awesome yeah yeah
0: I don't, Yeah. don't so, we'll have to
2: dip, Doug, uh, dip into the archives to remember why
0: when, when you <laughs> greet when you greet Vanessa Nick be sure to call her Doug I'm going to
1: call her no, Doug totally totally <laughs> I do want to
0: mention Time for Three, including Nick Kendall, also known as Nikki Diamonds or, or Five Fingers. It sounds like you're Nikki stealing. Five Tones. Yeah, Nikki five, five, tones. five Tones. I don't know where I got Five Fingers. That's like you're Ugh. stealing stuff. It sounds a little more mob-oriented, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Nicky Five Tones. Nicky
1: Five Tones. <laughs>
0: yeah, Saturday at 8 p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style with the Toledo Symphony. And Nick, I want to talk to you a little bit about Expounding on this whole idea of exploring different genres of music you guys are really popular in, in the way of bringing folks into sort of the classical canon if that is if that's mm-hmm. even a even a goal uh, you know of yours, you're kind of a gateway drug to other <laughs> art as well and I, I wonder if you can talk about this idea of attracting new audiences because you know the Toledo Symphony is going to be there, you're in a concert hall you guys are having fun. I mean, is and that part of uh, yes? But, but and? <laughs> but we're not supposed to have fun in classical music, no. no, no. But, um,
1: <laughs> absolutely wrong. Classical music is amazing. No, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> um, can, do can I be on this podcast again next week? I mean, this is <laughs> great. This absolutely, is, this is awesome. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, first of all, to be clear, we don't call ourselves a classical music group. We're not. Mm-hmm. Um, we... I don't know. I think after all these years of of just always doing this kind of... Living in this moment, this li- living on the edge of the art form, I guess, and always exploring, I think the real... It all comes down to we just love the experience of this setting that you only find in a setting that silence is our creative campus Uh, Mm. uh, canvas. Um, And it's not about the silence as much as when you get a a whole room, a one person or 2000 people all so still and are, it's because of the engagement that is so exciting, that palpable energy, that X factor that human beings can feel and experience together and the energy within that. And I think we just love what happens. I mean, in those moments where we're three dudes that are very generous in our spirit with each other and with anybody who we are collaborating with on stage, but then that reciprocal energy put out into the hall and then that energy coming right back with us, it's it's really about the experience of sharing through the language of music that attracts us and drives us. And I gotta say, I mean, it may be, I think everybody's talking about it, but you know, during during this period, we lost so much, right? We lost our friends. Yeah. Somet- sometimes we lost friends and people, and 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 the community was really, um, a lot of communities were really hurt. But and we also lost this ability to share but what i think what we gained was this newfound appreciation for these moments to connect and i think for us as artists who thrive in in the live experience when we didn't have the live experience of course we had a lot of opportunities to stream and early in the pandemic we were doing recordings and videos and you know in quarantine the three of us in separate places but man when we started being able to come back even for a small house you know we would when we first started playing live again we would instead of playing one night we'd stay for a second night because they could only bring in 25 percent of the house even then it felt like gushing emotions Mm -hmm. and Um, so I think we as a people we as a, as, a, as a human race um, are really aware of the, this period and are appreciating these moments to engage with each other and that is at the heart of what we do because you know the, this, this incredible music by these master composers who wrote stuff it isn't about how difficult it is it's about being engaged with both the large arc of a work, which is a big experience, but then the details that are a life journey with these pieces and the sizzle of human energy that goes in when you understand what's going on, that energy is just there's nothing like it in life. And we just we we love representing that energy. Yeah. Um, I think in those moments in life.
0: Absolutely. That's wonderful. It's Toledo Symphony Lab. we're talking with Nick Kendall, who is violinist for the trio time for three one of the violinists they are coming to the peristyle Saturday at eight p m with the Toledo symphony
1: and Nick, you guys are back on tour now right man i'm so we are so grateful it's yeah. awesome it's yeah. I mean you know in our life we have this this interesting life where um we do have some routed things, like you know, kind of going from one city to another. But our life, actually, mostly, especially pre pre pandemic, is kind of zigzagging around the country and then sometimes around the world. Um, so sometimes it isn't routed, but but it feels nice to start to have shows. Back, we are so grateful. We are so grateful to the Toledo yeah. Symphony for keeping our date and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for bringing us and and for all the other organizations and promoters and bookers. We are just, I mean, obviously this is our daily bread. This is a way we can support our families, right. but it's also it's also just allowing for the music to be alive. And that I think for everybody, that's a really great thing. So thank you
0: well and you you talk about the uh, unique energy of the group and I imagine a lot of that is fueled by just having people there an audience Absolutely. that you can feed off of
1: yeah that exactly exactly that Brad I
0: look forward to seeing that so now I've got Merwin and Vanessa. Vanessa was busy writing down questions to ask you, and Merwin <laughs> is over here drawing some kind of pictures. I don't know what he's drawing. Yes, see, but Merlin. he's well, drawing
3: you, it. I actually did have a question that I was okay. Is, is you statue, can go first, Merwin. Let's hear it. Because, like, so the last time you were in Toledo, it was with the Toledo Symphony Orchestra, and we are still the Toledo Symphony Orchestra, but we are actually now part of the Toledo Alliance for the Performing Arts, <laughs> and so. We, we've merged with the Toledo Ballet and really, we think it's really important that every single artist that we present has a dance element. In their show, yeah. So it, surprise, You should see, no, you should see no. <laughs> Merwin dancing on, on the stage with his violin. But that—that's that's, that's the next frontier for you, right? You guys are, I'm sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> going to be incorporating dance in your show. How
1: right? did you know this? Did my did our management let you know about this? Wow.
0: Is—is <laughs> is there a question there somewhere, Merwin? <laughs> oh no, it, 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 it was more of a warning. But I think <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Yeah. But I
3: think, I mean, kind of hearkening back to that. The the difference maybe in 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 the last time that you were here, I was I was just very curious because I mean I mean I'll I'll be singing in lessons and that kind of thing, but I have a great fear of having people paying to watch me <laughs> sing. What was that? Was there kind of a, a first moment where you guys decided, you know, vocals are going to be part of our show that you remember, mm. or was this something that kind of organically evolved? It's like, wow, we're doing this in our rehearsal process anyway. Let's let's make this become part
1: of our show. So, Brad, you asked if we had sung before Charles came. I think it was you, Brad. But yeah. we did not sing, public unless we were drunk in bars, but we wouldn't <laughs> sing publicly or, or expect to be paid. We did, the band before, we did have a few things that we would sing, and I think we actually made a Christmas album where we maybe sang one or two things. But it wasn't really, um, it wasn't part of our DNA. But when Charles joined the group, we... Obviously we knew that we needed a an incredible violinist an artist and artists and violinists, just because our repertoire, you know, was based on that writing. Um but but Charles when he joined, besides being just this amazing human and, and violinist, he, he did come with this amazing voice. And we knew that, but we also knew that it was a very, very powerful tool that could easily be misused. And we so we decided to you know, we could have just, you know, had him up there on a mic and then we just kind of do string arrangements of, of vocal songs. But that didn't feel like the direction. And so we sort of organically got into it. Um And it was actually a, a friend of ours from Curtis who does a lot of vocal writing, um, Steve Hackman. Mm-hmm. Um And he's the one that actually wrote Vertigo for us. And he, he knew Renan and myself from Curtis days and he knew we took solfege and all this stuff and he, he kind of proposed it. And he also knew that both Renan and I sang in high school choir. And um, so he, he proposed it like, what if I wrote you an original song that really kind of blended the three of you together? And we're like, uh, really? <laughs> and then we got the music and we tried it. We worked hard and actually it really was an inspiring spark. So Brad, uh, or actually Merwin sorry it, it was you who asked the question we we have taken our sweet time on it um, <laughs> and we are we've been on a journey you know honestly we explored the idea of kind of going into the more popular route with songwriting but then it just felt like our unique sound and blend of energy through the way we spin a sound through our instruments was sort of being lost and we were missing that And then, so now we're kind of swinging back into, well, maybe we are this instrumental band that, that has this flair of original songwriting. And um, so we've, we've been on this journey and it's been by design to take our time to, to really explore what our real DNA is with, with this powerful tool.
0: Well, I mean, I think you can do all of the above. I, I want to dig into the past and find that that Christmas album that you mentioned you were singing on uh-huh. pre-Charles. I mean, yes. what, what's it called? Drunk in a Bar or something like that?
1: Uh, drunk in the Bar. <laughs>
0: That's not Charles, by the way. Or Nick. Or Nicky no. Diamonds, right? No.
1: <laughs> I think it was – I mean, I think it was uh, – It's called Yuletide or something. I don't know. You can find it on on Yule Tide. Whether you (laughs) want to or not. (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and with a ridiculous photo. (laughs) We hate it.
0: You you are totally wetting my appetite here. (laughs) Oh oh no. Let me bring this back in and let's see if we can do a couple more quiz questions. All (laughs) right. So remember we're talking about famous trios, trio trivia? All right. Okay. Although they were individually famous, this trio first came together in 1990 to celebrate the return of one of them to the public eye after a health crisis. Okay, four years later, they appeared together for a one-time television event that drew an audience of over a billion people worldwide. Oh it's What's not time ten- for three. Three tenors? The three tenors. <laughs> yes, very good. Yes, yes, So Merwin and Vanessa are tied right now. Two each. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This group was originally known as the Three Nightingales. They decided to pursue comedy after a mule broke loose during (laughs) one of their shows. Again, this is not Time for Three. (laughs) All right?
1: No, it does sound like Time for Three.
0: Yeah, their uh, their actual names, it's not the Three Amigos. (laughs) Their actual names were Leonard, Arthur, and Julius, although they went by the nicknames that they got while playing cards. This oh, is old school nice. stuff, right? Man, I
1: don't know wow. if I know this. Think of
0: a night at the opera. Um, that. that kind of Come thing. On, guys. You bet your no, life.
2: Okay.
3: No nope. this is fire.
0: cigar. Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> no. Totally the Marx Brothers. It's totally the Marx Brothers.
2: Yeah. Totally really? The Marx Brothers.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. the Marx Brothers.
1: Well, I hate oh to say man. this,
0: Nick, but I don't think you can catch yeah. up at this point.
1: <laughs> I don't. I think I'm I'm a dead loser here. <laughs> I've,
0: I got two more questions. I'm going to go ahead and throw them out there for this this segment. Okay, there were okay. a total of six in this group, but only three at a time. <laughs> 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 um, their original name was the Alley Cats, right? Uh, they never show, oh, never showing up in person. Their eponymous boss directed the trio's crime fighting operations oh, Charlie's Angel. over a speakerphone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Merwin is pulling into the lead. All right, yes. Merwin. You, you can put a fine point on it with this final question here. Let me get the, <laughs> here's music for Merwin's win. Okay. This fictional trio has no. been voiced by 24 different actors since the 1930s. Traditionally, they wear a chef's hat, a Nordic elf hat, and a drum major's hat, respectively. Snap, crackle, and pop. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Merwin. Merwin is the winner. Man, One, I got to go two, back to school, guys. Three, four, five <laughs> Merwin wins with five correct answers. Vanessa's in second place with two correct answers. <laughs> and Nick is in third place
1: with... When- Oh, come on. I knew all of them. I knew all of them. I'm just letting you guys... I'm just being nice, guys. Yes,
0: and we appreciate your being nice. That's fantastic. Oh so, Merwin is the winner of the quiz. I'll let you know on a secret. Merwin. Nick, this is not the first time Merwin has won the quiz. He seems to win almost every single quiz that he participates oh. in but sometimes the ones he's them. not yeah, to, we to keep continue
2: to humiliate the rest of us <laughs> yeah
0: I I think he's mastered the art of like <laughs> seeing my papers upside down yeah but is this, this, here's the
1: real question here's the real question have you had a guest on the show who has gotten that many not answered as <laughs> <It's> me <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't think so yes, well, totally. I'm a winner then I'm a winner <laughs> totally
0: Totally. I, now, uh, it's your turn, Vanessa. I know that you were writing down a, a couple of questions you wanted to ask Nick.
2: Well, I um, I know you guys just did this soundtrack for the movie Land, and I wondered oh, if cool. you could yeah. talk a little bit about that experience and then I'm also curious if there's any other projects like that for you guys coming up.
1: Well, um, that was a gift from just, I mean, just a gift from the above. I mean, first of all, Robin Wright um, it was totally freaky to get on a first call with her because That's you know, I just known her as, as a, what's her name from, from house of cards. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Or the princess uh, bride or, you know, well, th- that was sweet. I mean, you know, I was excited about that, but, yeah. um, but she is one of the most humble, well-spoken articulate kind humans. And she was. It was incredible to work with her. Um, this was her directorial debut. Of course, we were supposed to do all of this pre-pandemic. Well, we started talking before the pandemic hit, and we were going to do the album live, and she really wanted... She had come to a few of our live shows, which was incredible. Um, and she really wanted to go on this musical journey with us. She... I think we had so much respect for her because she didn't meddle in like what we do. All she was doing was reacting emotionally. So she didn't say, "Oh my gosh, go to a minor second or, you know, "Let's do C major instead of F minor." <laughs> she didn't do that. She spoke in just in emotions and in her vision of those moments. Mm. And of course, like if you see Land, there's actually very little dialogue, especially in the first half of the movie. And um, and so the placement – and if you see it, it's set in in the Rocky Mountains, um, and it's very picturesque, and it's about a woman's struggle. It's a woman's cope, – cope, it's a, about a human coping with grief, and we find ourselves with a woman who comes out of the city to go to nature to find solace. So music was a huge, huge character in itself. And so she was – She was really looking forward. We were looking forward to being in the studio with her, like playing chords and saying, oh, can it be less this or more? Oh yeah, that moment. So real real improvisation with a person who, I mean, we just love her her artistry as an actress. Um, Of course, the pandemic hit. So everybody, like the whole operation had to pivot. And we had to do a lot of this remotely. Um, We ended up, co-writing the soundtrack with another one of our really good friends, Ben Soli. If you don't know who Ben Soli is, check him out. Singer, songwriter, cellist out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and together with him remotely, we crafted together uh, this soundtrack. And, you know, I think it's one of these moments where everybody had to be super stretched and learn new ways of of communicating with each other. For us the process of getting cues you know, verified and and we were going to do it in the moment with her in the studio, but she had to approve. So we had to first get all the tracks from each one of us. Then we had to put it together. Then we had to mix it. Then we send it to her and then she would have to say, I love this moment. Don't know about that moment. So then we come back. I mean, it was like six or seven more processes to one move hmm. than, than in normal... So it was a huge challenge, and it was like that for everything, for the editing of the film, for just everything. Um, but what was amazing was that it almost brought everybody closer together because we were all in the same boat, and we all had to work to make this happen. Deadlines, the the studio, it, this was Big Beach and Focus Features, which are big deal um, distributors. And production companies, they stretched their timelines. Sundance, where it was premiered, stretched the deadline for all films to be submitted just because they knew how difficult difficult it was during this time to create art. Um, so it was really beautiful how teams flexed and came really close together to, to make stuff happen. Calling in the middle of the night, um, scheduling meetings just at odd hours just mm-hmm. to make it happen. So it was cool. Wow. So awesome. that was very special. I was so yeah. proud of you
2: guys when I saw Great. that.
1: <laughs> now
0: that you're Thank a, you. Now that you're a Hollywood bigwig, you're coming <laughs> no, here. No, <laughs> not at all. You're coming to to Toledo. Um, what do you want to say to folks that are listening before they actually see you guys take the stage?
1: Well, first of all, we, again, it goes back to, we feel so privileged and so honored to get back to what we love. And again, we feel like what what we have missed out on because of that, we have gained this new appreciation for the sharing of this experience together. And we are going to pull from things you may have heard of and our spin on it. But we we're, we we um, are coming knowing that we are there with a beautiful symphony orchestra. So we are empowering the orchestra to be. The beautiful sounds that an orchestra, like big, huge sounds, but also the palettes of color that only happen with an orchestra, we are really leveraging that to weave into our experience um, of music making. So, all of those things are going to be there, and centered in all of that is just the beauty of community and sharing. So we hope to make you laugh. We're going to have a great time, but we're also going to be super heartfelt and um, because we're deeply deeply passionate about what we do. Yay!
0: <laughs> Hopefully that, that
1: soundboard effect didn't uh, you know
0: negatively impact what you had to say, because <laughs> that, was, that was wonderful. Nick Kendall is uh, one of the members of the group. Time for three, coming to the Paris style at the Toledo Museum of Art. That is Saturday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. with the Toledo Symphony. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barbara Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Remember to check out all the upcoming events at the symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. A great big special thanks to our guest, Nick Kendall. Thank you, Nick.
1: Absolutely. And if anybody out there wants me to be on their, what do you call this, quiz team. (laughs) I I suck. (laughs) But I'm a lot of fun, though, and I'll serve drinks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Drunk in a bar. Thanks to Nick Kendall. Our thanks to Nick you Kendall guys are great. from Time for Three. Also to Merwin Sue and Vanessa Gardner. I'm Brad Cresswell. This has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.